Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in the sixth and final week of our sermon series called Living Sacrifice. And remember what we're doing in this series as we've made our way through the dark season of Lent towards the light of Resurrection Sunday, which is, is next week, is getting into what it really looks like to live Christian. Or, or as Paul put it, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. And so now, to close this series out in a way that gives us a foundation for, for living out our lives as a gift to God, or doing all the things that we have learned in the past five weeks, today we're going to be going back to the beginning of Romans chapter 12 to explore what Paul means when he tells us not to conform, but to be transformed. Because this is one of those very important keys that, that we all need to get if we truly want to become the people that God is creating us to be. So Paul begins in Romans 12:2, saying, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And what comes to my mind when reading this teaching is I think of Plato. And that Plato is this, right, this flexible substance. And because of its malleability, it takes the former shape of whatever you put it to. Well, when you think about it, that's how our minds work. Or just like Plato conforms to whatever you try to cram it into, so do our minds conform and shape to the environments that we live in. Or why do you think that even though you have done everything in your power not to become like your parents, that at least once a day you hear your parents' words coming out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Now to push this a bit further, it's also the case that whatever you put into a lump of Play-Doh, rocks, crackers, toys, hair, parents, you guys know what I'm talking about. Once it's in there, it sticks. And once it sticks, it's really, really hard to get out. Well, that's also how our minds work in that the information, the stuff that we fill our brains with, whether good or bad, it ends up sticking. And once it's stuck, it's almost impossible to get out. So what Paul seems to be teaching us um, when he tells us not to conform to this world is he's teaching us that because our minds are so good at conforming to what is around us and because our minds are so good at receiving what we put into it, we've got to be really, really careful not to surround ourselves with negative, hurtful things or to fill ourselves with the things of the world. I mean, that's the way he talks about it. Or to make this practical, growing up, I had this incredible grandmother uh, on my mom's side. We called her Nano. And Nano, along with Pop, um, they were about as good as it gets when it comes to grandparents. We were younger. We lived in the same town. They attended every game. They were at every event. They even went to out-of-town games. I mean, they were a huge part of our lives. We also spent a whole lot of time at their house, right? Mom and dad could just drop us off. We'd stay the night, stay the weekend, whatever. In fact, for me, I would say as a child, their house was one of my favorite places to go in all the world because of how much love I felt in that place. 
Not to mention the fact that we got to eat ice cream with chocolate syrup on top whenever we wanted to. We got to drink as much fruit punch or pop as we wanted to, even getting to go to the store on occasion to get a toy. Like I said, Nana and Pop were legit grandparents. But for all that good, the one negative thing about my Nana, she was a worrier. She was really good at focusing in on the negative, seeing all that is wrong in any given situation instead of seeing the good. And so one of the other things that I remember about sitting around the table with my Nana, having these great conversations about, the li- about life and the world, we really were close. It's oftentimes walking away from those, con- those conversations with a sense of gloom. Because all that worry she was carrying around with her also spilled out onto me. Also was put into me. Next, there's my dad. And even though I am blessed to have one of the greatest dads on the planet, I thank God every single day for my dad, who at this point is one of the most positive people I know. When I was younger, and as my dad was getting some things figured out, my dad was a complainer. Or my dad was really good at focusing in on the things that were not going his way, complaining about his job, other people, the community, whatever it was, my dad complained. So, of course, what happened to me? Because of the environment that I grew up in and the information that I received. Think the, think the Plato here, right? I became a worrier and a complainer. Or a person who spent most of my time worrying about things that were never going to happen and then complaining about those things to whomever would listen. And I don't think I'm the only one who has this issue. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Also, please know that I'm really not trying to throw my dad or my grandmother uh, under the bus. Um, I'm trying to make a point in a way that everybody understands. We've all had something like this. Truth is, my, my nana and my dad have done far more good in my life than I can imagine I am the person I am today because of them. And it's also true that I am pretty sure that, that what it means to be a parent is you do your best not to screw up your kids too much, right? Because it's going to happen a little bit. It just is what it is. Also, you got to take into account genetics. I think genetics is a part of that as well. Now, I wish I could tell you that early on in my adult life, I got these issues figured out. I made some adjustments. And poof, just like that, everything changed. No more worrying. No more complaining. All right? But, of course, that's not what happened. It's not how it works. No, because of the environment I lived in and the stuff I was filled with, along with the fact that once something gets stuck in your brain, it's hard to get out. Being set free of this way of thinking was a process. It's something that took some time. It's something I still struggle with on occasion, but much better, much better. And looking back through that process, I've come to see that part of the reason why I've been set free from some of those ways of thinking, along with a whole lot of other stuff that needed to change in the process, is I started doing what Paul teaches next. So Paul goes on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what I believe Paul is getting at here, very, very simply put, is how creating and practicing godly habits changes the way we think. How creating and practicing godly habits changes the way we think. Because when we change the way we think, We change the way we live. It changes everything. 
And the reason I believe this is because the Greek word that Paul uses here for transformed is the word metamorpho. Everybody say metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis from, like going from a grubby little caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. Well, what I know about metamorphosis is that this is not the kind of transformation that happens in a moment or overnight. No, this kind of transformation takes time. Or in most cases, this kind of transformation is something you have to work at. Well, that logic makes it clear to me that what Paul is talking about with the renewing of our minds is the importance of creating godly habits or creating these routines on a daily basis. Where instead of filling ourselves and being conformed to this world by, with all the stuff that's going on around us, right? We instead intentionally fill and surround our thing, ourselves with good and godly things. Yeah. Which amazingly is also exactly what science teaches us about the process of change, about the process of transformation. Paul is spot on with this stuff. 2,000 years ago, he nailed it. And then science is like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he got it right. So contrary to popular belief, our minds are not these amorphous physical things that, that can just be transformed or changed at a moment's notice. No, we are hardwired. There are neuropathways in our brains that create the way we think, which means the only way our minds can be transformed is by changing the wiring of our brain. And what science goes on to tell us about how we go about changing our brain is by developing new habits or doing things over and over and over and over and over until it sticks. Um, I think according to Stephen Covey, it's 27 straight days you've got to devote yourself to this to begin to transform the way you think, which transforms who you are. So again, what I believe Paul is talking about here with the renewing of our minds is developing new godly habits because it's just how transformation works. It's how it happens at a biological level. But to give you a more practical picture of how transformation happens, let me share with you a little bit more about my journey or how in some ways I've gone from this grubby little caterpillar into this beautiful butterfly. <laughs> so the main way I've gone about renewing my mind in the last 35 years as a Christian, which by the way is a habit that, that every um, influential Christian I know does, it's God time. It's God time. And what I mean by God time is once a day, five days a week, I take time to read scripture and to pray. That's it. That's what I do. In the morning, it's 15 minutes. Um, I take a moment to pray. And the way I pray is I do a journal. I've got a journal that I do uh, on my stuff. That helps me. And there's thousands of other ways you've got to find your own way. And then I take another 15 minutes and I read the Bible. And what that simple habit has done for me over the last 35 years is like someone who lifts weights 30 minutes a day, five days a week, is transformed physically in ways that you can see in amazing ways, this habit, this routine has slowly but surely transformed me spiritual from the person I was, that, that grubby little caterpillar, into the person I am today. Another habit I've developed over the last couple of months is I've put up a chalkboard in my bedroom. And I've filled that chalkboard with all the things that God is doing in me so that when I get up in the morning, I don't start out my day like I used to, thinking about all that could go wrong, all the stress, all the burden I've got to carry on in that day. You know, complaining, oh God, it's another day at work. I got to go to work. How many of you guys know that in your brain when, you, when you're working? Anybody? 
The rest of you are lying. I know some of you have felt that. So instead of doing that now, when I get up in the morning and start my day, I think about all the things that God is doing in me. And then I think about all the things that God is asking me to do as I play my small part in his plan. Or let me share it with you a picture. On the left side of my, you guys didn't think it was a real chalkboard, did you? It's one of those new fancy chalkboards, but it is a chalkboard nonetheless. So on the left side, you're going to find the eight pillars of joy, which is not only something that God has been teaching me and helping me to find more joy on, but it's a sermon series that I'm working on for after Mother's Day so you too can find some joy. Uh, Then in the middle, you're going to find Viktor Frankl's Three Keys to Living Meaning, which is another new thing that God is really working in my life. And I'll tell you all about that one of these days uh, after God does his thing in me. Next to that, on the right-hand side, you are going to find my memorization verse, which I change every so often as I continue to fill my brain with Scripture. Because for me, the more Scripture in here the better. In fact, I just changed it yesterday. I've got another one that I'm working on there. Then at the bottom are the steps and stages of the walk, which again is not only something that God is doing in me, which is foundational, but it's something that we're all going to be doing as a congregation this next fall because it's going to transform you too. You know how hard this is to do every single day? Let me show you how hard it is. So imagine me laying down in my bed. I look over. I see it, I shut my eyes, and I think about it. Look over, yep, that's how hard it is. That's how hard that simple practice is. But here's the amazing thing. This simple habit, or this new thing that I've done to transform my mind, my life is not only significantly better in the last couple of months, But I'm starting to find that that daily my mind and my behavior are being transformed little by little as God continues to shape and mold me into the person he created me to be. Or from that grubby little caterpillar, right? Into the beautiful butterfly that I want to be. Anybody else want to be a beautiful butterfly? And what all of that means is when it comes to what Paul has to teach us about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship, is that one of the most important things we have to do to become all that God has created us to become and to live into the extraordinary lives that God has created us for is not to conform to the ways of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, which simply means creating daily habits where you fill and surround yourself with the things of God instead of conforming to this world so that you too, little by little, can be transformed from the grubby little caterpillar you are into the beautiful butterfly that God wants you to be. And you guys are supposed to go, oh yeah. Yeah, you guys don't get, I don't know what it is. In my mind, it goes much better every single week. (laughs) So let me ask you the two questions then. What do you need to stop filling your brain with? What do you need to turn off? What do you need to walk away from? What environment do you no longer need to be in ever again? And then, what habit do you need to create? Do you need to develop God time? Do you need to put a simple thing up in your room so you can be remembered? I promise you people, if you will do this, if you will take this seriously, It will transform you forever. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, but it will happen. I just just remind you that my mom used uh, used to cry herself to sleep at night 
because she had no idea what I was going to become. Yeah, that's, that's how you're supposed to react. <laughs> but be, and that's about the time I started reading this, right? Started reading scripture and prayer and all that kind of stuff. And now she's like, you are my favorite son in the whole world. <laughs> she doesn't worry anymore. She's very proud. So I hope you guys will, will make this a practice. I hope you'll take this seriously. Because if you do, it, it'll transform you forever. Let us pray. Uh, Father, the last five weeks, man, we've been wrestling with some, some big issues, some big things about what it means, what it looks like to live Christian. So today, to close this out, O oh Lord, help us not only just to get um, what it means to offer our lives as a sacrifice, to, to renew our minds. Help us not just to get that, but to live it. To say no to those places that we don't want to be. Say no to those things that we don't need to be caught up in. And say yes to doing things for you. Reading scripture, prayer, whatever that looks like, Lord. May we create new habits so that our brains will be changed so that we can become the people you have created us to be. Or may we go from these grubby little caterpillars into beautiful butterflies, the people you created us to be. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.